Welcome to the Like, Bite, and Share podcast, brought to you by Schweiden Sons. Learn the secrets of food and hospitality marketing from some of the best professionals in the food business. Here are your co-hosts, Rev Ciancio from Schweiden Sons and Brad Garoon from BurgerWeekly.com. Good day, Mr. Brad Garoon. How are you? I'm good, Rev. What's up with you? You know, I'm excited about the show today. Normally, we talk all kinds of marketing stuff. We're taking a little departure of that. Uh, to talk to some of our favorite burger experts out there on how to create the very best burger. Yeah, it should be good. So this does bring up a question, though, before we go to the experts. What does Brad Garoon do when he's cooking a burger at home? I tend to keep it pretty simple. I use the Schweiden Sons Butcher Blend uh, as often as I possibly can. It's a great burger. Um, And I uh, grill that guy up with um, some raw red onion, uh, cheddar American cheese, and, uh, and a potato roll if I can. You know, a lot of folks who come to barbecues at my place, oh, man, that makes me sad. I no longer have a place with a barbecue. Okay, buddy. Um, but when they did, they'd remark on the fact that, you know, could they get X on their burger? Could they get Y on their burger? And I was like, sure, you're, you're welcome to put whatever you want on your burger, but you're going to do that yourself because I'm not going to be responsible for your slippery, slidey burger. I'm going to give you these simple elements of a burger and, and you, you enjoy the rest how you, how you like. That is both very Republican and very Democrat of you at the same time. I'm a something of a bull moose party fella. <laughs> so what about you? So me, I used to be like you, and I would just bring potato rolls, cheese, you know, fresh meat, usually Schweiden Sun, salt, pepper, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I will talk about a technique, and then I'll talk about toppings. One thing I do, so I love the smoke of a of a cooking backyard grill. What I don't like is what happens when you lose all that fat because of the grates. So I bring a grill mat. Uh, and I cook on the grill mat and that way you can still get a good sear, which, you know, I like that, uh, Maillard reaction. I know you love that word. Um, and I like the sear, but then you also get the smoke. So for me, it's about using the grill mat. And then I kind of have actually become like very Instagrammy in my backyard burger. So I will bring three kinds of bacon, macaroni and cheese, weird sauces, kind, you know, bizarre toppings. And so now I'm, I'm really just trying to blow people away. So the, the wowing my guests thing is probably bigger for me than most people. Why? You know what? I, I think people have just started to expect this from me. Like, I could just bring them a cheeseburger and they would probably go, wow, that's the best cheeseburger. But now I think they want to live my Instagram life. Maybe that's sad. I think you're projecting onto your guests something that you're feeling inside. It could be. But you know what? I don't care. Let's talk to some experts and find out how they wow their guests. I want to welcome George Motes, the world's leading hamburger expert, back to the podcast. George, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Fantastic. Thank you for coming on for this very special episode. So look, uh, the idea here is we're trying to help people create the very best burger. What, what goes in, in, in your mind, what goes into creating the very best burger? Well, first thing that goes into a great burger, obviously, is great meat and very simple meat. Nothing that's too complicated. Um, you know, some people think that you should make a great burger with sirloin. Probably the worst thing you can make a hamburger out of is with a big chunk of sirloin, not enough fat in there. So I think meat is number one. Meat is you know 80-20 chuck is usually the uh, the ideal for making a great burger. Number two, simplicity. Uh, loading up with a bunch of toppings is uh, is downright stupid uh, and confusing. You don't want to confuse your palate. Um, whenever you can still taste the beef and, and actually how you cook the beef, that's when the hamburger is at its very best. So, I, I, for example, I had a hamburger with a guy today, and it was a grilled burger, and it was um you know the first thing you taste, you taste that burger is not the the condiments, not the cheese, not the bun. You actually taste the smoke, the grill, actually the grill char. 
and that is a, that's a success. That is a huge success in a hamburger when you can actually taste how the burger was made. That's just what it tastes like, but actually how it was made. Whether it's cooked in a flat top, cooked in butter, if it was steamed, if it was smoked, whatever it was, you have to be able to taste how that beef was cooked. And then the next step is to make sure you don't load it up with a bunch of condiments. And if you do, to be very sparingly and only use condiments that actually help to enhance the beefiness of the burger. Things like a very simple cheese, um, nothing too com- nothing too um, too um, uh, overpowering. Um, very basic or very smart uh, toppings like mustard. Uh, mayonnaise is a great – believe it, a little bit of mayo is, is a great way. It actually helps to enhance the beefy flavor. Uh, butter is great on a burger. But if you, I, put, I put butter on steak. Why not put butter on a burger? You might as well, right? Um, things like ketchup, uh, sweet sweet flavors that usually take away from the beefiness of a burger. Barbecue sauces and, and ketchups and that kind of thing usually take away. Um, onions are great on a burger. Onions should be – onions in any form whatsoever, chopped, uh, diced, sliced, thick cut, uh, stewed – uh, smoked. I mean, anyway, you think of a, 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 an onion, that should be the um, one of the most important condiments or ingredients to a great burger. Other than that, I think it's everything else is um, is pretty much unimportant. What were your recommended cooking methods at home? Well, at home, if you don't have an outdoor grill, uh, which is a great way to make a burger, but not the easiest way, the easiest and most successful path, easiest path to great success in making a hamburger at home is to put it in a flat top or on a, in a skillet, in a cast iron skillet or some kind of a pan. But I always tell people to be careful. You have to make sure you have the you know your you have an exhaust fan on stun, or or you have, have a fan by a window to suck all that all that airborne uh, grease and uh, airborne particles out of the uh, out of your kitchen, out of your house, or it'll be all over you and your clothes and everything. Um, but that's that's the best way. To cook it at home in a pan, um, pan over high heat, super high heat, like crazy high heat. Like you're gonna think this is too hot, and then uh, it won't be too, it won't even be hot enough. There's no way to get the pan hot enough at home to make a real burger. What do you do if you're using super hot pan, which means you're getting a lot of hot grease? Uh, how often do you encounter a grease fire? Uh, well, grease fires only happen when you have um, a flame that actually comes around the side of the pan and gets into the pan. If it's big enough, which hopefully won't get like that, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's the most dangerous part. You actually can have a grease fire if you if you hold the burger with dripping grease over the edge of a pan. You will have a grease fire. <laughs> You have to be very careful, uh, but you, you know you have to have high heat to make a great burger. You have to basically risk a grease fire to make a great burger. Is what I'm saying. I love it. What about seasoning? Seasoning again, simple. Um, I've been experimenting with a lot of different seasoning, and I keep coming back to the same salt and pepper. You know, sometimes it's just pepper. I'm sorry, sometimes it's just salt, not just not just pepper. Um, but I, I always include pepper in everything I do anyway. Uh, so, but outside of that, I mean, I've been testing with garlic powders and turmeric and everything, and, and I seem to always go back to good old salt and pepper. All right, last question: When George Motes is making a burger at home, what is he making? <laughs> uh, well, I usually make a uh, the Oklahoma fried onion burger. That's my uh, sort of platonic ideal. Um, not my favorite burger to eat on the road because um, there are so many different burgers out there, but the burger that I like to make at home the most is probably the Oklahoma fried onion burger because the uh, path to success is it's it's so easy and so great. <laughs> it's very simple, and it's it's it only involves four ingredients: beef, onions, cheese, and bread. That's it. Since we don't have a recipe, you want to go through a super quick rundown of how that works? Uh, the the Oklahoma fried onion burger. Well, it starts with uh, a ball, not a not a preformed patty, but a ball. Of beef, I usually start with a, about a golf ball size, a little bit larger. It's a quarter pound ball of beef. It's been loosely formed um, by scooping with an ice cream scoop or a salad scooper, also known as a disher, a numbered, a number sixteen disher to be exact. Um, I take an over, sort of, I guess, a heaping over, a heaping scoop with a number sixteen disher, and let that plop onto a, fl- a hot flat top. Uh, I add to that an equal sized wad of super thin sliced Vidalia onion, 
super thin. It has to be some kind of sweet, a walla walla, a uh, Spanish onion, or a Vidalia. Um, it's been sliced almost to the to within within um, uh, a, a moment of its death. If you're if you're using a slicer or a knife and you're getting onion juice, you've you've gone just a little bit too far. So we're talking about paper, paper, paper thin. Um, a wad that a size of the beef goes onto the patty, gets smashed into it with a very very rigid spatula. It's cooked for about two minutes until the edges start to curl a little bit, and it starts to some condensation starts to show up on the top of the burger. It gets flipped, cheese goes on, and it stays there for maybe thirty seconds, and you're done. All right, now I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I think there's a picture of that on your Instagram. We'll have to link that up in the, uh, the, the yeah, definitely post for the show. Cool, Brad. Anything else for George? Yeah, George, I'm in Michigan. You want to come by and grill for me? Uh, no. Okay. Well, because in that case, no. Because, Bye. No, because Brad, you can do it yourself. That's why. Mm, I'm gonna have to. All right. Thanks, George. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have one other. I have one other tip that people seem to always forget, and I want to make sure people know this about me is that I like to drink, right? But the one time I don't like to drink is when I'm actually outside grilling, uh, especially when it's, it comes to the actual moment, the crunch time, when you have to make magic at the griddle, at the grill, and everyone's standing around watching, everyone's drinking beers, everyone's like, hey, you the hamburger expert, make some burgers, right? The last thing you want to do when you're outside grilling is to get drunk because you will most, un, 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 uh, most definitively screw the whole thing up, overcook it, undercook it, not make magic. You have to be totally focused and locked in on that burger or those burgers. Awesome. George, great advice. Where's the best place for people to uh, learn more about you? Well, let's see. How about uh, georgemotes.com <laughs> or at uh, hamburgeramerica.com? All right, George. Thanks for the burger tips. You too. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. All right. I want to welcome Chef Michael Ollier to the uh, show here today. He's the corporate chef for Certified Angus Beef. Uh, Mike, word on the street is you grew up with a butcher shop in the family. What kind of effect did that have on you as a kid that you might still feel today? Oh, my gosh. I guess it's just in your blood. And unfortunately, you know, this was back in an era when um, the little butcher shops were just uh, being eliminated. And so Grandpa had that shop until I was probably 10 or 12. And unfortunately, all I remember is the uh, you know the smell and, and walking through and seeing the hanging sides. And but honestly, at that age, all I cared about was the candy on the counter. And and it's but uh, but what I'm what I'm thinking now is it's just in your blood. And so whether I learned that craft or not wasn't so much the issue is it's just part of my lineage and I'm happy that I'm able to be part of that now and kind of continue that. So now that we're out of the era of candy and into the era of meat, what kind of meat do you think people should buy? Well, I think people should buy of the highest quality they can afford and, uh, you know, working for certified Angus beef, of course, I'm, I'm looking for them to, uh, look for that emblem on a package and and go for it because of what it stands for um, the best you can afford I guess is the the best answer to that and if you want to become an expert in the meat case really the simplest thing the simplest takeaway for people is look for the abundance of marbling within the lean so look for a high amount of those deposits of fat within the lean and that's the best indicator of high quality and for more on CAB, go back and listen to our interview with Tara Adams. Mike, <laughs> uh, you come from a, a fine dining background, and you know now you're at CAB, CAB where you're creating recipes and uh, also representing for the media. You know, what are some cooking tips for making the very best burger? Boy, some good cooking tips for making the best burger. You know, it's 
it's a lot simpler than people think it is. And and for a while, I was always, and I think a lot of people fall in this trap, is you you spend a good amount of time forming a burger, you overhandle it, and that's a big downfall. And I was guilty of that until just, boy, just till a few years ago, just feeling like I need to get the perfect shape on a patty. Honestly, the less you manhandle it, the better. So make sure that you, you press just a little, get a little bit of an implication of the shape, and let the, the looser grind work for you. Um, and so it took me a while to learn that. So keep it simple on that component. Also, you know, choosing quality is important. So the type of grind you choose is becoming more and more important. The go-to for most people should be 80-20 chuck. I mean, that's 80% lean, 20% fat. Start with that, 80-20 chuck. And then you can get into nuance of different... Um, boutique grinds, I'll call them, because brisket is more and more popular. And I'm not necessarily an advocate for uh, driving up prices of brisket. Boy, the, there is really something special putting brisket in your grind. Um, so specialty grinds is a big in thing. Now let's get back to some of the other quick tips at the grill. Uh, the grate surface, I used to just throw right onto a grate. I'm more and more putting a cast iron right into my grill. I feel like I want the ambient environment of a grill to flavor my burger. So flame is important to me and charcoal is important to me. And I want those components, but I don't want the pitfalls of the grate. So I put a cast iron in the grill and it allows me to get a good caramelized surface on each side. But also I like to have a little bit of pink in my burger. So I want um, even medium, even medium rare sometimes. I won't do that for a group, but I'll do it for myself. And this allows me to get a little bit of thicker burger instead of the smash technique. I can still get caramel on each side. The message that we've been getting from, from most of our guests on the show is simple is better. But what are some ways, I think maybe at a barbecue, your guests might look at a simple burger and before they take a bite, might not be so impressed. So what are some ways to really wow your, your barbecue guests? Oh, you mean just by visuals, they'll look at a burger and say, ah... Uh... It's it's just a burger and some cheese and a bun, and that's yeah. I mean, like we we, we live in an Instagram era, and I think folks uh, attending <laughs> barbecues feel that way too. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, I don't. To me, it doesn't take much to wow on as far as the flavor. So I, it's just salt and pepper for me on that burger. Um, but I, but really having the opportunity to put other ingredients on your burger is, is fun for guests, and and those don't have to be the obligatory the obligatory ones. Um, I like to have a signature sauce on hand. So I, I kind of create a recipe to emulate that in and out burger, that special sauce they have. And so that's one I'll keep on hand where people are like, wow, what is this? Like, oh my gosh, it's like the simplest thing. It's, it's just the ingredients you used to put on as a kid and slap them all on. It's just mixing them together, meaning it's got mayo, touch of ketchup, just a touch. Um, and uh, I use some some chili pepper, and it's got relish in it, but it's just that simple special sauce. You can call it your signature sauce and your secret ingredient. Having that on hand is kind of fun. Um, the other thing is having caramelized onions and bacon. Things work really well. So I keep some. Uh, I like to throw an onion into the the cast iron while it's there, or even taking a whole onion and throwing it right on the coals and do like a melted onion, where then you can have that much more uh, robust coal flavor. You just peel the outer layer off afterwards, but you have this nice caramelized onion that you can chop up. 
So taking advantage of the, of the grill is important to me. Uh, <laughs> Chef Mike, what is, what's your favorite burger to cook at home, or did you just tell us? Well, that would be it. The favorite burger at home would be one where I, I throw the cast iron in the pan, a simple sear on it, salt and pepper, and then caramelized onions. Um, instead of bacon, sometimes it's it's getting that cast iron pan going with bacon fat, it's just to just to get a little bit of service going uh, to get the sear bacon fat. And it doesn't mean that I have to have like dry pieces of bacon on hand because I like to have it. Uh, I don't like to have a full piece of bacon where you you bite into it, then you're committed to that, like a, a piece of brisket that's uh, too tough. You know what I mean? Instead, I'd rather have uh, like uh, lardons, meaning cut in dice or strips of bacon. Well, Chef Mike, really appreciate you coming on the show, making us really hungry this early in the morning. Maybe appreciate a little bit less, <laughs> but whatever. It'll be fine for the rest of the day. Uh, where can everybody find out more about you? More about me you can find on certifiedangusbeef.com, including some of the recipes we're talking about. You're not going to plug your Instagram name? You have one of the best Instagram oh, names my out gosh, there. that's a good idea. Yeah, I'd love to get more Instagram followers, actually. Um, you know, I like to do food photography, too. I am the food stylist on behalf of the brand, and I do um, some of my own imagery on, on Tallow Be Thy Name is the Instagram handle, Tallow Be Thy Name. And it's just kind of an insight into the, the world I see behind the scenes in the beef world. Awesome. Well, Chef Mike, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for giving us uh, your tips for making the very best burger. Uh, we hope you have a good one, man. My pleasure. Grill on, my friends. So this guy is no stranger to the podcast. Uh, Chef Plum has his own culinary podcast. Uh, he's been on TV more times than I can possibly count and is now the host of On the Road for Edible Nutmeg. Uh, but if you want to know more about him, you can go listen to the, his episode of the show. Uh, Chef Plum, welcome back to the show. What's up, gentlemen? Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. How are you? I am well. I'm I'm crazy, but I'm well. Everything is fantastic, man. I was just putting over some of the episodes that you guys have done, man. I'm loving the show. You guys are killing it. Oh, thank you very much. We still have fond memories of your episode way back in early 2016, late 2015. <laughs> you you were a pioneer on Lake Bite and Share. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was definitely early on, but I know it was because of my uh, long-winded answers for questions. Let's keep that going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so today we're talking about how to make the very best burger. Uh, um, let, let's talk meat first. What kind of meat should people buy when they're trying to make the very best burger at home? You know, it's, it's tough to have this kind of conversation with two uh, uh, premier uh, meat people in, in the New York area, such as you two, but... When it comes down to it, for me, I I just I don't subscribe to all these people who want to put you know uh, full you know like like beef tenderloin in their cuts and they want to put these expensive meat cuts into a burger. I just don't really subscribe to that, man. I like when you use the you know more used muscles, the harder working muscles. I think it adds so much more flavor to the grind. What are some cooking tips for making the very best burger at home? You know, I think the best thing you can say when when you're making a burger at home is. You know, and I'm not making a, a joke or trying to make a pun, but don't play with your meat. We don't need to flip the burger 45 times. Uh, use a cast iron pan. To me, I want to flip it, you know, maybe twice at the most. Um, if you're going to melt cheese on it, then maybe you throw one more flip on that so the top of the pot when you put the cheese on top of it. Uh, but don't don't play with it. And for God's sake, season, season, season your meat. You don't need to get in there and put a bunch of uh, garlic powder, onion powder in with your grind and mix it all in and make your patties. Just a nice little bit of kosher salt on there. You can throw a bit of black pepper and don't play with it. Flip it once, flip it twice, call it done. So when you say use a cast iron skillet, 
Uh, are you saying that you are only cooking burgers at home or that you, I'm sorry, inside, or that you would recommend cooking them inside, or would you take that skillet to the grill outdoors? You know, you could do either or. Um, if you have a great grill, I, I, me personally, I have a wood-burning grill, and it's fantastic for burgers. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, it gets so much smoky flavor into it, so much. It just it doesn't have that gas kind of thing going on, which I like, me personally. I like the whole, like, caveman cook over fire, meat fire, er, that's what I'm into. Uh, but if you have to cook inside, uh, then using the cast iron pan is also great for that because you can, you can take the cast iron pan outside because it's going to give you a very even heat over the entire thing so you can get a nice sear on the outside of the meat. Uh, but if, if I have a choice, I'm going to choose to grill it. So how do you, when you're grilling for your friend, how do you blow their minds? Um, I don't have any friends. When you're grilling for your wife's <laughs> friends, how do you blow their minds? <laughs> you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get, I think it's really important to get, you have to start from the beginning like you guys were saying. you got to have great meat. And to me, you know, for that, I want to have like a, you know, 70-30 type blend, you know, 70% lean, 30% fat. I think the more fat, the better. People are afraid of that. But what that's going to do is it's going to add a lot more flavor. You can't overwork the burger. If you're going to form them by hand, uh, you just can't overwork it because if you overwork it, the muscle tissue then kind of binds together. It just gets a really weird texture in your mouth. So those are the first key things I'm going to do that I think people uh, don't think about when they're making burgers for their friends. Then uh, we're going to keep it really, really simple, man, and we are going to just grill it on the wood-burning grill, a little kosher salt. It's going to be awesome. We're going to use, of course, Martin's potato rolls. Uh, I'm not plugging anything, but to me, that's the best burger bun on the planet. Uh, we're going to use those, and then uh, you know we're going to toast them. But when we toast them, a couple things we could do. Um, I've been known to uh, take a little mayo or even sour cream and mix it with garlic and do a light spread of that on my bun before I toast it. Um, I've also been known not to toast a bun. It just kind of depends on what we're doing with it. But I think those are some of the most important things. And I think also uh, when we plate the burger up so we don't, so it can, what happens is you put the burger on the bun and all the fat, because you've maintained all that fat content in the burger, is going gonna, is gonna to just kind of leak and be all over the bun. You can't even eat it. Now, granted, that's good times sometimes, but if you test, simply take the lettuce and your and your whatever you're going to put on the burger with it and put it on the bottom and put the burger on top of it, I'm doing so many hand gestures right now. You guys would think I'm doing sign language. It's insane. Um, yeah, then the, the burger bun will stay together. I think that's also something that people don't think about. So when you came over, a couple simple things just like that or what I would do to blow your mind and keep it simple because then you'd be like, this is a damn good burger, and it's not like there's anything crazy going on with it. So what, when you're cooking at home, you know, you're making burgers again for your friends or, or me or your wife's friends or your kids, what, what's your favorite burger to cook at home? What gets you motivated to make a burger? Oh, man, listen, when I have a – it, to me, it just goes back to the meat, man. If we have a delicious grind, you know, a lot of people come up with their own different blends. I have a great butcher I go to who makes a beautiful blend for me, um, you know, using – it's simple. Yeah, I don't go crazy with it. We add that short rib to it to give that extra fat, which is, of course, kind of the hipster way of doing it now. Everyone's doing that. But, uh, you know, using something as like a chuck and a little bit of short rib makes a delicious burger, and I get excited about that. I know it's a little bit of a digression from what you asked, but that's what gets me excited, especially when it's that time of year, when it's kind of nice outside. Uh, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. I can fire the grill out. We can crack a couple of beers. Uh, people are coming over, and I can just put them on the wood-burning grill and just and just kill it that way with it. Not, I don't think you need to put a bunch of stuff in it. I think it's too overthought these days. If people want to put so much stuff into it and change the way their burgers are done. I was just in New Orleans uh, for an event, and um, I actually uh, we broke all the rules, and we ate on Bourbon Street because it was 3 a.m., and uh, there was this, this little uh, burger place, and uh, we, we sat down to have a burger there, and they served me. I basically said, just give me everything. They served me a burger. on a, It was a big plate, 
burger in the middle of it, and there was so much stuff all over it, man. I mean, there was chili, there was cheese, there was white beans. It was crazy, but it was delicious. But my point is, is that it was really, really hard to eat. So uh, as delicious as it was, I don't think you should have to eat your burger with a knife and fork. So to me, just having a great grilled burger on a beautiful wood-burning grill with your friends over and the weather, you know, food is all-encompassing. Food isn't always just about the food itself. It could be about, you know, the environment, the feeling that you get when people are there, the people that, you know, are kind of, uh, who, who just, I don't know, put you in the right mood for it. You know, food, like I said, is not always about the flavor and the presentation and all that it could also be about the environment and the, the emotion behind it. And I think that's to me, uh, burgers uh, definitely kind of gives me that emotion. Plum, where can folks find more Plum? Oh man, you can find me at chefplum.com and at chef underscore plum on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am there as well. And hey, how about this, gentlemen? Starting. Uh, starting November 26th on WTCX My TV 9, you will find Edible Nutmeg on the road on TV, a half-hour TV program. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a great big viewing party for that, so make sure you look out for that. It's going to be uh, so much fun. Awesome, Brad, and I look forward to being on your show. <laughs> you guys are always welcome, dude. Always welcome. No doubt. Awesome, Plum. Thanks for giving us the, the burger tips today. We hope you have a good one. You guys are awesome, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And I want to welcome Chef Tim Cass, the corporate executive chef from Bad Daddy's Burger Bar and Good Times Restaurants of the show. Uh, his background is in fine dining and healthy foods, which makes him a perfect candidate uh, to man the culinary on the Bad Daddy's, uh, where you will find some of the most outrageous burgers in all the land. Uh, I like to call this Know Thy Enemy. Uh, Tim, you, you have some really crazy burgers on your menu. There's the magic mushroom, the cheeseburger on steroids, the green eggs and ham. Where does the inspiration for these creations come from? Well, you know, it, you always kind of look back to the to the classics. You know, you tr you try and harken back to just you know classic flavor combinations and things that really that that can harness something from your childhood. And we like to build on that. And 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 it's all about nostalgia with Bad Daddies. It's about you know living in the now, but you know being able to harken back to a a better time when we were kids. Uh, you know, we just get lost in the ruffle of of work life. So you know what? Sometimes it's better just to come in, let loose, and just have something that's creative. So can you give us a few tips about letting loose on your home grill? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. You know, I always, I always tell people, you know, it always starts with the basics. It always starts with an awesome blend of, of beef. And, and really be honest with yourself. You know, if you like something in, in the medium rare range, then you're really going to be looking for a, a, a fat to lean ratio of something around 80-20. What that's going to do, it's going to give you a nice juicy burger. Uh, you know, if you have an uncle comes over and he likes to have a little bit more of a well-done burger, it's hard to find, but getting something a little bit more of the 60-40 range. This way you can still have a nice juicy, moist burger without having to, you know, eat like a, a, a piece of shoe leather uh, when it comes to that. So that kind of settles your your, your beef right there. Definitely, uh, I like to use a, a chuck a chuck blend that gives you the nice steak flavor, and you can add brisket to that, or you can do just a, a chuck short loin, uh, chuck porterhouse. There's so many good blends uh, uh, out there to choose from. But then after you got the beef, then you know talk about seasoning. You know, really, you want to just focus on the quality of that beef. So a little bit of kosher salt and cracked pepper. That's should all you should really all you need to, to season up your beef. You want to find a good potato bun uh, from there. If you can find Martin's in your local grocery store, go for that. Definitely go for a Martin's bun. If not, a really good uh, brioche bun. 
And then, of course, you got to have a good cheese on your burger. So really have a nice, nice quality. I like to go local cheese. I'm here in North Carolina. We have Ash County cheese uh, out here. We also have restaurants in, in Colorado, Haystack Farms, all about good, good quality cheese, whether you're in Vermont or California or in the south. There's always going to be a local creamery uh, close by. And those are going to be really the three, three components to making that perfect burger at home and really just – find a good recipe and I always tell the home cooks don't forget to read the recipe from start to finish if you have any questions make sure you iron those out the last thing you want to do is have a burger on the grill and have figured out oh my gosh I was supposed to put onions inside of that beef but I missed that step on there man I'll tell you what I want to come to your backyard but I do not want to <laughs> hang out with that uncle of yours with the uh, well done burger and, and no where are you getting 60-40 beef? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I don't think that's even technically ground beef at that at that point. But you know what? And that's, you know, I always tell people, you know, develop a good relationship. If you're not buying uh, the Schweiden Sons at your local grocery store, have a good butcher who, who can then make those little tweaks for you if you really need that. And what are some cooking tips that you would give to somebody to make the very best burger? You know, it's all about flame control. I think most of us have a, a, a gas grill or a charcoal grill at home. Usually in a lot of the higher-end burger restaurants, you're going to be cooking on what we call a flat top. And if you don't have that available, then make sure that you control your flame. Get your grill nice and hot, and then turn down that flame to low. This way you don't get any of those flare-ups. A little bit of char on the burger is important, but really controlling that heat, controlling your flame, and, and be prepared to, to possibly uh, have to shift where you're grilling on there. I usually like to grill on one side and then I flip over my burger on onto the other side. This way I let the juices kind of burn off on that side and it, it adds a great smoky flavor. Not, nothing better than uh, than sizzling uh, uh, cow fat on, on some charcoal is, is always good in my book. And then uh, you'll you notice is just flip your burger one time folks out there. Don't press it down. Let let beef. Good food takes time. And, and you got to think about it this way. You know what happens when, when you cook some if you put a, a hot burger on a grill, it's going to want to seize up and it's going to want to tighten and that meat's just going to want to contract on you. So you want to make sure you want to cook it a little bit lower, a little bit slower, and especially for those grass-fed beefs out there. That's a big rage out there. Grass-fed beef definitely needs a little bit lower and slowing cooking even beyond what you do with a regular beef. What should folks do when they're grilling at home to really wow their guests? have as much options available as possible. You know, when, I, when I'm cooking at home and if I'm going to have, you know, 20 people over, I'm not going to be composing all these perfect burgers for them. You know, what I'm really going to do is I'm going to set up a buffet of all these different burger toppings. I might have mushrooms. I might have raw onions. I might have caramelized onions. I might have an onion compote on there and really give a lot of options, uh, to, you know, to your family members and to your friends that are coming, that are coming over. There's so many different flavor combinations out there. So many different taste profiles. You're not going to get everyone happy, so let them have some fun with it. And and don't stress out. A lot of these burger toppings, you can cook them a day ahead of time. You know, it's okay. You know, if you want to saute those mushrooms a day ahead of time and just reheat them, you know, feel free to do that. You know, again, focus on cooking that perfect burger and not trying to juggle uh, all those other different elements. Do that a day ahead of time. Take that stress off. Crack open a beer. Make sure you enjoy your your time because I, you know, if I'm gonna be cooking seven days a week in a restaurant, if I if I'm lucky enough to get a day off, then I don't want to be stressing out. I'm going to be taking it easy, having a beer, enjoying my time, and, and do that for your friends and family. All these different options out there. And what's your favorite burger to cook at home? 
Oh, man, you know, I, I like to go local. You know, if I'm going to be cooking burgers at home, you know what I do is I head straight to the farmer's market, and I, I try to buy local, whether I'm a California boy, so whether I'm back in Santa Monica going through the farmer's market or the North Carolina farmer's market or the Colorado farmer's market. I go there first and you can find some great local local beef uh, providers out there. You can find all that great local produce, even the bakeries. I mean, that's what these farmers markets have really grown beyond just produce. I mean, you get your bakers there, you get your fish there, you get your your pastries there. You can get your fresh roasted coffee there and enjoy what you got. This is we're 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 going to be wrapping up the whole episode here. Great way to okay. end the episode. Starving right now and it's it's right around <laughs> lunchtime, so miserable at as well, but uh, where can folks find out more about you? Um, you know, I, I'm kind of that that guy that just kind of goes underneath the radar. But you can definitely come come check me out on my Instagram. It's uh, TimCast1. That's Cast with a K. Or you can visit me on Twitter at ChefCast. But definitely come by Bad Daddy's Burger Bar. Dot com and you can check us out uh, there. You can find me at any one of the restaurants. I hop around uh, from from coast to coast visiting our our restaurants. So definitely you know, shoot me a, a a tweet, shoot me a little uh, direct message on Instagram, and I'd definitely love to come shake all your uh, listeners' hands. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of Like, Bite, and Share. We hope you found today's interview insightful. If you didn't get a chance to write down everything, no worries. We take the show notes for you. Go to schweidandsons.com slash podcast to find them. If you enjoy the show, we ask for one favor, and that's please give us a rating in iTunes. That helps us to spread the word to others who might find this valuable like you do. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a future episode featuring helpful tips from other professionals in the food marketing business. Stay hungry.